something that is as important as helping each other out should be just front of mind, should just be there every single second of every single day. But it isn't. And sometimes there will be really courageous people who who put it front and center, and we think, you know what, we've got to be better. We have to do it better. Yesterday, that person was Kyle Beach, who had been known as John Doe in a sexual assault allegation against a Chicago Blackhawks coach. And yesterday, Kyle Beach said, no, I'm not John Doe. I'm Kyle Beach. What must it have taken for him to do that? And what impact will it have on the rest of us? Will this be something that has lasting measures? We don't know that yet. But we have an opportunity to talk about this, to talk about sexual assault among men and boys. We have an opportunity to talk about this particular topic from a number of different angles from a very dear friend of our show and a very dear friend of mine. Polly O'Byrne joins us. Polly, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much, Stubbsy. Appreciate it. Great to talk with you. Yeah, it's good. It's tough under these circumstances, but you know what? You always bring such an important context to what we're about to kind of explore in a number of different ways. You are the founder of One in Five, and you are someone who yourself was a victim of sexual assault as a high-end athlete. So in seeing the details of this story come out and become more and more public, and then more and more is said, and now a report has been released, and we've seen some action taking place. What has this been like for you? Well, I mean, it's um, it it sends me back to to my own uh, case, really at the core of things. Um, there's just a lot of similarities with you know high higher end administrative people in hockey sweeping this stuff under the rug, and um, you know my heart my heart just goes out to to Kyle Beach and the courage that he must have had to uh, to come out. And say, you know, like I'm not John Doe. I'm I'm a human being, and this is my name, and this is what happened to me. I, I just know firsthand that that takes a ton of courage, and it it's not a decision that you make overnight um, to to come out and say that kind of stuff. You talk about it not being that overnight decision, something that doesn't happen quickly. What goes through your mind in choosing to? go public with your story because you're someone who at a very similar age to Kyle Beach you did the same thing yeah I I it probably a little bit of insanity led me to make that decision you know like I was uh I had turned to substance use and I turned out to alcohol use and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and um like I didn't know what calling the police did I just knew that that's maybe something I should do and um you know the ripple effect from that is is um, it's extraordinary to to know um, the process I guess through that and the process to say uh, openly yeah this is me and and it's a lot of pain and a lot of inner work and a lot of uh, a lot of discovering yourself to be able to find 
uh, the place that you can say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna stand for this. And yeah, kudos to Kyle for for doing this. Paula, you talk about those ripples. If we take a good-sized stone and we throw it into a lake, those ripples don't just go in one direction. They go in all directions. Is this something that you found as well, that there are, are positives that can come out of this, but there are also things that maybe can be difficult to deal with or things you didn't expect because those ripples are heading in those directions too? I mean, I think with the when it comes to the ripple stuff, there's a there's a few different ripples. I mean, personally, um, the ripples come in. I bet today Kyle Beach is getting a ton of messages from people he doesn't have a clue who they are, saying, you know, I support you, you're a hero, you know, a vindicator, things like that. I I bet he's overwhelmed with that. But I also bet that Kyle's seeing the ripple effect from the other side, where people who aren't educated in male sexual assault where what they, they don't know that the actual factual stat is one in five men are sexually abused and um you know um he, kyle will probably be reading some things that he doesn't like that people are, are saying about him and and about the situation and that, that ripple effect really plays on the mental part of it and the psyche part of it and uh, i know that all too well um you know people ripped me apart until, you know, the person who did it to me pled guilty, and then it was silent. Uh, and so I know that that has an effect, and it also has an effect on people's families and um, people in sport, you know. Like, we look at, uh, you know, Joel Quinville is now in Florida. Did someone come to Joel, Joel Quinville in, in Florida and say, this happened, and Joel said, well, this is what I've always done. This is what I did with Chicago. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. That kind of puts suspect on... Um, on the whole league and, and how we address talking to our coaches about things that we may be struggling with outside the ring. Polly O'Byrne joining us on London Live as we talk about Kyle Beach coming forward yesterday saying, I'm John Doe, in an interview that he did with Rick Westhead of TSN. And you can look up I'm one in five. Polly, let's talk about the sports atmosphere and hockey will be the sport that's named here. Uh, high-end athlete is a high-end athlete. Can we look at being a high-end athlete, which you were, very good hockey player, and and kind of what it is that can allow someone to maybe try and, and take advantage of a high-end athlete and, and what it is that might allow that athlete to go along with things that they otherwise wouldn't go along with just because of where they are and where they want to get to? I, I mean, I think, you know, as little kids and little little boys and girls, our dreams are to play in the NHL, and, and part of that process is playing major junior hockey. And, um, you know, that's, that's a part of the process. And, and the, you know, the next step is, say, the AHL, if, if you don't make the jump to the, to the National League. But Part of that is willing to do anything to win or willing to do anything to be a part of that team or that organization. You know, like I, I bet Kyle uh, thought he'd won the lottery when he got called up to, to be part of that playoff run. I bet he had no idea that this was going to happen to him and, and he was willing to do anything that it, that it takes. And I think especially when it comes to high-end elite athletes, um, you know, when, when stuff like this happens or, or even – when we talk about the mental health side of thing, you're not going to go to, to your coach and say, hey, I'm really struggling with depression because you know that your coach 
determines your playing time and, and you don't want to diminish your playing time. And so it gets into that stuff. And, um, when it, when it comes to, you know, talking about, about this stuff, uh, you know, it's hard for athletes to, to open up and express themselves, especially and be this vulnerable because, you know, hockey players are supposed to get out there, get pucks deep, get, you know, <laughs> 200 feet, you know, like that's, that's what they're supposed to do, right? They're not supposed to talk about their, their emotional state uh, when it comes to, say, trauma. Like, this is a major trauma, and, and people, they had to have known, said nothing. Like, no one, no one went to Kyle and said, even afterwards in the summertime, no one went and said, hey, you know, like, is there anything we can do for you? Like, are you doing okay with this? Like, we know that this is, even at that point, it being an accusation, no one said, I believe you. And that, that's, I think, the part that makes it a struggle for an elite athlete and probably diminished a lot of things and opportunities for Kyle to, to move forward in pro hockey. Polly O'Byrne joining us. Polly, we'll take a quick break, and then I want to come back and, and look at that, the fact that someone would come forward. And, again, we were not in the room but we have had an investigative report that was an independent investigative report, and you've read through the report, Polly. It looks really independent, doesn't it? At least. Well, I, I mean, the Hawks, the Hawks uh, ordered this thing, right? And then now it's coming back on them. Like they ordered this investigation from the Jenner Group, and now it's coming back. So it's a, it's a ugly read to to know the the things that happened and and I encourage it's 107 pages it's long but I would encourage people to read it we're going to talk more about someone who comes forward and then why someone wouldn't say hey we we knew this person was hurting this person came forward why they didn't go back why wouldn't you go back why wouldn't you check up on that person our guest is Paulie O'Byrne who himself is a survivor of sexual assault a high-end athlete who can really appreciate what Kyle Beach has been going through and Paulie we're going to go to news with Jess Brady in just a moment but that question that we were just talking about why wouldn't someone check back in with Kyle Beach how key was it to where you have been able to get to in your life that you had people who checked in with you and said Paulie how's it going I, I mean I can I can identify with um with with Kyle big time because no one, no one really checked in with me for, for a long time until I, uh, you know, started to talk about this and started to, to put a face to, to the occurrence, you know, and, and for a long time, no one talked about it. And that's what kept me at least sick, uh, you know, for unraveling unmanageable life for a long time. But when I, when I finally did come out and say it, I think, the major part, and still is the major part, is uh, people check in with me even now uh, just to make sure that I'm doing okay. And and I've got a lot of messages in the last few days because of this Kyle Beach story, you know, and because people know that it's, that it's super close to, uh, very similar to mine, uh, people know that I'm going to be thinking about it and thinking about my, my old stuff. And that's the best. I think support that we can that we can give if we're not you know like psychologists or counselors or clinicians like we all have the ability to check in with someone and it it, it hurts my heart to know that guys like you know Jonathan Taves who who's a you know fifty million dollar guy wouldn't check in with a guy who's probably making league minimum or or you know AHL money you know he wouldn't check in with them and just say hey um, just as a human being 
how are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you? And and that's I guess what hurts my heart is there was a lot of guys on that team who, um, who sh- who show in the media or show in endorsements how how nice of a person they are. And when it comes down to someone struggling with a trauma in their own dressing room, they struggle to um, to help that guy out. Polly, we'll take a break for news, and then we need to look at again. And and this is not. The first time we're going to hear a story like this, it hasn't been the first time. It unfortunately is not going to be the last, but where do we take a story like this? How do we make it impact our lives so that it has a ripple effect in the right direction from so many places that maybe we do get to a better place? Polly O'Byrne is our guest as we look at sexual assault in sports we look at people in need in life, and we look at what it is that all of us tend to want. It's human nature to want what? An easy resolution. Okay, give me give me something. I have a headache. Give me an Advil. I have, is that the right thing, or is it ibuprofen for a headache? I never remember which. Aspirin? Mm, watch that. But you know what I mean. Give me the quick fix. I'd like to do it and move on. And, Polly, this is not something that can happen when we're talking about sexual assault. This is You often liken an injury that is a broken arm and compare it to what we have going on when it isn't a broken arm, when it's something that roots a whole lot deeper into us than a broken bone. I, you know, I, I think that these, the effects from, uh, from things like this that aren't necessarily um, physical injuries, uh, or, or sometimes they are physical injuries, but it's, it's way more on an emotional level of, um, like, our brains. I guess it is kind of physical because our brains are physical. But if we had a broken arm, we'd go get a cast, you know. We'd go to, to, to a hospital and we'd get a cast, and, and that's how it would be if we broke our arm or... Um, if we didn't take our insulin and we were diabetic, we'd go to the hospital and they would give us medication to, to balance our sugars out and, and get us insulin. But when it comes to things like this, um, it's not a broken arm and it's not a, it's not, it's, it's not treated that way at least. And, and I know just from my own experience, having to wait for say treatment, um, for this trauma was, was, a you know, process that I, you know, had to endure some really painful moments for a lot of a lot of time and a lot of years, and and why couldn't it be um, treated just like a, a broken arm? And that's that's I guess the the tough part about uh, emotional trauma is is that's that's what this is, and you know, especially for for men and boys who are sexually assaulted, there's very very few resources um, because there's still a major stigma. That this doesn't happen to to men or boys. But it does, and you've proven that, one in five. So it does. It does happen to men. It does happen to boys. That's exactly it, and it happens every day in every hockey league, in every, um, you know, every day in every city. It's unfortunately uh, a little boy or a, a grown man is, um, is, is being sexually assaulted, and that's the reality of, of the one in five thing. It's not one in five people who... Uh, grow up in a good home or a bad home or it doesn't matter uh, you know that's that and it's a, that's a very conservative stat you know like um, a stat of just reported men who've had um, had sexually 
you know, been sexually abused, sexually assaulted. And, and I think that when I found that out, that, that it was one in five, that it, it was kind of twofold, that it allowed me to realize that I wasn't alone, um, you know, and in the same token, man, this happens to a lot of people. Um, in the second tone, it's I got to do something about this. Uh, if not, if no one's going to do anything about this and there's not going to be any resources, uh, there's got to be something I can do. And I think that's what motivates me now is is with the change um, that that this is a huge black mark on on sports. Um, but the issue of sexual assault on athletes has been going on for years, and and we seem to just forget about it. And I and I really hope that this. Uh, gives Kyle Beach a platform to talk about this stuff because he he is now a voice, uh, whether he likes it or not. Unfortunately, now he's he's a voice, uh, and it looked to be yesterday when I watched that interview. Um, you know, he's a powerful voice. He's a force, and I think we need him on our side to be able to talk about these uncomfortable subjects. And and you know me, Mike. I I don't ever shy away from having these uncomfortable conversations um, because I think it breaks stigma. I really do think it breaks stigma and, and allows people a safe place to talk about this stuff. Well, that right there is so important. You're somebody who is that voice at the same time. You still have what you have gone through. How do you deal with that kind of on, on a day-to-day, week-to-week, year-to-year basis because it's not that broken arm that maybe you look down and say, yeah, that used to be broken, but now it's healed, where you're dealing with something different? Yeah, I mean, I still I still deal with it. The, the my case it was in 2006, and so it's been um, it's been a number of years, and I still you know I still don't like the sound of a door lock. It's just you know those things are ingrained in my brain in my in the trauma side of my brain. I just don't like it. I, that it doesn't have a attachment to safety for me. Uh, I mean, I still lock my door because you know I, I know that. It's a safety thing, but I just don't like the sound of it. And, and I think the ripple effect from that is finding out how to live with yourself with this trauma. And what I've done is a ton of counseling. Um, I've built myself a really huge support network. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've not shut up about this stuff uh, since I found my voice. You know, like I, I take every opportunity to talk about this stuff because I think it there isn't a lot of guys talking about this stuff. And, um you know, when it when it comes to healing from this, it's there's no uh, there's no final destination. It's um, you know, for me, I carry it around like my license. You know, it's it's like the address on my license, and it comes with me, and it's up to me to determine how heavy or how light it is. Um, you know, it comes with me, and I'm never going to get over it. I don't think Kyle Beach will ever get over this. Uh, I think he'll be able to live with it for sure, and not let it. Um, be the defining moment. I've I've learned that about my life. I'm not letting that moment be the defining moment. I'm a, you know, I'm a good dad. I'm a good friend. Um, I'm a good hockey player, and I, and I won't let sexual assault survivor be the definition of of Polly O'Byrne. Polly, your strength comes through every single time we talk, and it is absolutely incredible to see how you have dealt with this and what you've done to be that voice and the passion that you have to be that voice and make change. Thank you for that, and thank you for this. Thank you so much, Mike, for the opportunity to talk about this stuff. I think this is exactly uh, exactly how we break down stigma. So uh, I, I really thank you for, for giving me the opportunity. 
Hey, this is always here. Anytime, you just let me know. If there's something that you feel needs to be said because you're noticing something, let me know because uh, there's always a place for you here and there always will be. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Polly. That's Polly O'Byrne. Polly, you can find out more about him and everything he's been talking about now at I'mOneIn5.com. But this goes back to Polly's own survivor story of sexual assault and he says it he he doesn't like the sound of a locking door there's a reason for that but he feels it is so important to make sure that this conversation is had simply because there are not a lot of outlets for men and boys when it comes to sexual assault there really aren't now there are outlets but there aren't that many and You don't have that many voices, and there is stigma, and there is stigma in things like sport or in just being a guy on the schoolyard. It is a thing. We don't want sexual assault anywhere. doesn't matter whether we're talking about gender-based or not, but in this case, Pauly has been a tremendous voice for that, so please look that up. I'm1in5.com.